back to another episode of Miserable Reckless, bringing you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things the South. There's three of us this week. One of us is missing. So this week, it's Logan, Morgan, and Ryan. Uh, we went a little long last week. We got a couple topics that are carrying over. Um, so that's what this week's show is going to be. Um, be sure to give us five stars and a great review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Stitcher. Check out the website, miserable-reckless.com for blog, content, and merch. All right, so we got the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, Ryan, kick that off. Yes. So, first of all, I think we're doing a little housekeeping. I'm not sure when people necessarily listen to this, but I will point out that the four of us with three accompanying wives got together last week. Um, so that was that was pretty cool. Uh, we all got to see each other. Um, we got to watch. Uh, a game we got to hang out uh logan and i got to go out with my wife on friday kind of hit up some places um late night uh, after we got to town um trying to think saturday we met up with morgan and crystal um and we got to go to a, a pretty cool spot um and then saturday night we had the uh morgan wade concert who opened for american aquarium as part of the road trip to raleigh um, you may have heard us talk about it in the past, but the uh, the American the band American Aquarium uh, is from Raleigh, and so they kind of put on like a hometown show every year. Not sure why they do it in February or January. <laughs> it's pretty <Yeah>. cold, <laughs> but uh, I get it. You don't want to take your tour money when it's you know in May or something like that and come back. I I get it. So, um, <laughs> excuse me. So my good was going to be. Uh, well, it was actually going to be the Morgan Wade show. Um, I was very much looking forward to it. And uh, it's been a long time. Been to a lot of concerts, although not many recently. Um, the only reason I say that is not to brag. It's more to say it's been a long time since I've been to a concert. And I wished that the person on stage was able to sing a little bit more. Um, she must have been on stage for, what, half hour? Something like that. She... she um, I was standing on the steps. This was like a standing room only show. And there's an upstairs and a downstairs. So I was literally standing on the steps, um, trying to stay out of people's way with my left foot on a lower step and my right foot on a top step or on like the upper step. So I'm kind of uncomfortable leaning against the rail and uh, <clears throat> still managed. It still seemed uh, just a really special performance. Um, she just seems to have it for whatever that's worth. She's pretty captivating when she's on stage. Um, so for anyone that's out there that hasn't heard of Morgan Wade, I, 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 people listen to different music and stuff like that. But if, if you're interested in a singer songwriter, who's got some pretty interesting lyrics, uh, she's definitely, she's, I think she's the first song on our miserable and reckless playlist too, which I didn't know she was going to be the opener when we put her song, uh, wilder days as the first song on our playlist. But, um, that's a long way of saying, I thought that that performance was good. And I actually, when we got home, I also don't usually do this. When we got home from the concert, I actually looked up places where I could go see her this summer because I, I wanted to get a little bit more of, of the concert. And there's a concert that she's doing in Southwest Virginia, like right right outside of Floyd, where she's from. And, Is it uh, Floyd Fest? No, it's, um, she's just kind of doing like a one-off at like the next town. If you go to her website, you can definitely find it. But Morgan, it's like it's like right near like Martinsville. Um, so 
for whatever that's worth, I was going to look and see where that was. And I've never been to the Martinsville racetrack. So maybe I was going to try and put a couple of things together. But anyways, I never get home from a concert and then immediately look up when I can go see the band again. So for whatever that's worth. So that was my good. Um, my bad, I mentioned that we, uh, that we um, watched the basketball game. So that was my bad. <laughs> Not going to go into it. <laughs> and uh, all I'll say is that we went to a barcade in Raleigh and to watch the basketball game. Also standing room only because they don't have any chairs at their bar, which I get. But we stood at the bar for the entire game. And uh, I was watching the game with the DeBerry brothers, which I have done in the past. And I have done multiple times, I think, in the past. And I've certainly watched my fair share of games with Dustin, who, thank goodness, he is sick uh, the week after Duke beat Carolina. <laughs> because I hope he's sick with a sore throat because he was – and he's not on here, so I get to yell at him. He was yelling at the top of his lungs, and he could not have been more annoying to the bartenders that were giving us alcohol. So I'm just going to go ahead and call the man out. His team did win, but my goodness, he was annoying about it. Scream. And then he had his brother in, in tow who was screaming foul every chance he got because he needed to <laughs> somehow he needed as an NC state fan to bring his team into it. Even though Duke and Carolina were playing, that would have been a foul if NC state was playing. So that was just a bad experience all around. I felt terrible for my wife and Morgan and Crystal who were basically standing there like, and I'm putting words in their mouth, but will these idiots shut up? Like we're just trying to enjoy a nice evening with our friends. So I'm not sure if you have any comments, Morgan, but it was clearly unenjoyable for everybody except for the DeBerry brothers. I mean, just I wasn't fun for any Carolina fans. I mean, <laughs> couldn't hear the game, couldn't hear the commentary, couldn't hear them singing the praises of Armando Baycott while everybody else sucked ass. So, <laughs> um, and in my ugly. And Morgan, I'm also going to bring you into this, and I didn't prepare you for it. So I told you that we went to a distillery and we hung out, and it's actually a pretty cool distillery. It's called Young Hearts Distillery. But my ugly of the week, everybody on this podcast knows that I like gin. My ugly of the week, we walk. Uh, Morgan walks into this bar. He sits down. He's going through the beer list, et cetera. He decides, screw it. I'm going to have a – would you order a gin and tonic? Morgan? It's a gin and tonic, just a basic fucking gin and tonic. Didn't even specify what gin he wanted. He just ordered a gin and tonic for his first drink at a distillery who makes their own gin. They actually make three different kinds of gin, which is too much, but they were all good. I'm just, but I'm just, whatever. Phenomenal distillery. I would encourage everyone to go there. However, Morgan, when you ordered your drink, what could you describe for the audience? <laughs> what came to you that was supposed to be a gin and tonic? What did it look like? <laughs> I, I thought I was getting some frou frou um, the mimosa. That's what the hell it looked like. I had like berry, a couple of berries in it, uh, a piece of. I, it looked like hell. I don't know what the hell that damn thing was. Some garnish, some sort uh, of corn, some stalk yeah. of corn or something, <laughs> and then some burnt ass fucking lime. Like I'm talking, it looked like it's molded and burned. I was like, I'm sitting here, like, the fuck is this thing, man? What color was it? What color was your gin and tonic? It was what looked like a mimosa. It looked like vodka. You know, yeah, it looked like a damn mimosa. 
Champ- yeah, the same damn color, so. I'm like, did he just fucking pour me a fucking mimosa? <laughs> so they, they make the drinks in front of you, and we were sitting right in front of the little accoutrement section or whatever you want to call it. And I heard, I had a gin and soda, and I heard him order a gin and tonic, and the guy started to make the drink. And I'm watching him, and the, here's the first problem. The guy pulls out a wine glass, and I'm like, yeah, that's got to be for someone else. Then he pours their house-made tonic, which has got special syrup and a bunch of their distillery, special stuff in there. The problem is it's, it looks like white wine or like, like a, like a, almost like a light orange juice. And I'm like, that can't, that can't be the tonic. Sure enough. Then he goes and grabs a bottle of gin and brings that over and pours their specialty gin or whatever in there. And I'm like, okay, now we've got a completely, now we're off the rails. Now it's in a wine, it's in the wrong glass. It's, it's got some sort of weird tonic. And now he's, he's barrel rested gin or who knows what Morgan took one sip of this thing. And I was, I couldn't laugh to your face, Morgan, but I was dying on the inside because if that drink had showed up to me, I would have done the same thing you did, which is basically be polite. And then like, hate. it seemed at least from your face that you hated almost every sip of that drink. Yeah. It it, it tasted like the street shit, man. You know, I, I felt I feel bad for the guy because he clearly looked like someone who really takes pride in looking for one of those, you know, places like in women like Blind Elephant where they dress up like their other looking apron on and everything. And I'm, I'm sure he was waiting for someone to ask him to make a very complicated drink so he could show off. And I just said gin and tonic. And I'm guessing he just said, fuck it, I'm going to. I'm gonna make the the hundred dollar gin and tonic right now. A very anytime you hear a guy in suspenders tell you that he's gonna make a variation on a drink, <laughs> just say no. Just just give me the just give me the basic gin and tonic. Man, I didn't go to bartending school for this. So maybe you should have done something else. <laughs> for the record. I would go back to Young Hearts Distillery, and for the record, their winter gin is awesome. It's really, really go good. Too, but that bartender was awesome. You go there and you order, and you think you know you want a bland, stale-looking gin and tonic, just classic. Make sure you specify that. <laughs> yes. Otherwise, you're going to get a drink that looks like it costs about thirty dollars. <laughs> so that's, that's what fine. I don't like about cocktail bars: is the price. I went to one one time and uh, got three drinks, one for me and one for the uh, girl that I was with. And and God knows that cost me like $70 by the end of it. And I was just like, I'm never going to this place ever again. (laughs) I was like, in no way should should three drinks cost $70 in any scenario. Did it have Pappy Van Winkle in it? And if it did, first of all, why is it in a cocktail? Second of all. The guy said it was his house uh, drink he concocted. Uh, having never been to a cocktail bar, because this was like a couple years ago, I just was like, sure, sounds good. <laughs> Learned a lesson. <laughs> that was my ugly. I figured it was funny enough without poking fun at You didn't know it. I mean, you didn't know any better. I would have done the same thing. I've done the same thing in Asheville. I walked into a gin bar in Asheville and I ordered what I thought was going to be a really simple drink. It was like gin and like, beet juice to make it like slightly red and something else and i was like this is great it's basically like beets is kind of weird on my dire tongue but it's basically like 
this is like gin and soda with like a little bit of redness in it. It'll be fine. And this thing that came out was served in like a teacup with like some crema or something on top. I took one look at my wife and I was like, what in the fuck is this? There's too many people at this bar for me to sit here and drink this thing. <laughs> Should have told him you only take your beet juice if it came from fruit farms. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so just be careful what you're ordering when you go to these cocktail places. That's <laughs> All right, Morgan, good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, I got a good, bad, and awesome. So my good is Virginia Tech beat their in-state rival on Saturday. Um, held, the, held the lead the entire game, too, at home. Uh, so I was pretty excited about it. You always got to be happy when you beat UVA, even if it's in table tennis. Uh, which brings me to my bad, which happened a couple of days later, and they play Boston College and lose at home. Boston College, uh, the team that was football or basketball or any other sport, table tennis maybe, they are thrown on my side. I do not like Boston College. Not as much as I hate Syracuse or Miami, but Boston College is definitely in there. You know, my top three teams I hate probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would have to say tech season is probably over and just going to be looking at the NIT and and leave it at that. Um, my awesome is Crystal took Brody to the beach uh, yesterday um, just for a little mommy-son getaway, and which is pretty awesome. They ended up staying two days, so they come home tomorrow. But it's just her and him out on the beach running around and making sand castles. So I was pretty stoked about that. And that is my good, bad, and or good, bad, and awesome. So I guess that uh, brings it to me. Um, let's start with the the bad first and then go into the good. The bad is uh, the pack had a rough night against uh, Virginia at Virginia. That was kind of to be expected. Virginia was seven and a half point favorite. Um, it, it was out of, con- out of reach, got close multiple times, but Virginia just outplayed NC State. NC State turned the ball over with sloppy. I mean, tough place to play, and Virginia's top 10 for a reason. Uh, but there's a a bottleneck of a bunch of teams to see who can get the double buy this year. So a lot of teams are very much in the mix. Um, a good is um, Ernest is coming out. His record comes out tomorrow on Friday. I've heard a couple clips from some of the songs. Um, I'm really excited for this one. I think it's going to be um, his last one was a pleasant surprise for me because I didn't have that high expectations at first. So this one, I hope my expectations have been raised. Hopefully they get met and or exceed it. But so far from what I've heard, it, I've liked what I've heard. So check that out if you're so inclined and you like um, country music. With the, it's a little bit more on the mainstream side, uh, but definitely it's coming out on February 10th. Um, and then the last thing that it was a surprising good was I watched that 90 show on Netflix. Um, I was a big fan of that 70s show um, when it was on TV. I've watched the, that whole series all the way through multiple times. So I went in with an open mind, but low expectations in the similar vein that I did How I Met Your Father. How I Met Your Father ended up being a solid show. I'm watching season two. It's currently airing every Tuesday. But uh, I bummed my friend's Netflix password so I could check it out. The first episode actually hooked me in. I really enjoyed it. Um, is it as good as the original? No, 
if you go in thinking it's going to be as good as the original, you're going to be disappointed. But they did a good job of weaving in characters from the original show and establishing new characters set in 1995. Um, and the couple of the casting decisions, I think, were were pretty solid. And the you, you already you, you kind of know what role they're supposed to be playing because the template is there from that 70s show. But the difference in this one versus that 70s show for me was I get the references on this show. Whereas that 70s show, I didn't always get the references because, you know, it wasn't like the 70s were just so far away from my age. But the, you know, the 90s, just like with any decade, kind of the styles and everything kind of carried over into the early 2000s a little bit. And a lot of the wallpaper and furniture that they have, I remember seeing very similar stuff in both my house and family and friends houses around that time period from the late 90s, early 2000s. So it was kind of like a nostalgic feeling for me there. And you guys that are, you know, older and remember all of the 90s pretty well, like it definitely probably will have some pool of nostalgia uh, with it as well. But um, I was pleasantly surprised and I'd say it's worth the watch. Just go in, you know, with the mindful expectation of it's not that 70s show. You probably won't be disappointed, but overall solid show. Interesting. Yeah, I, I watched the whole season and uh, I thought it was OK. I mean, it was some things that were I don't know, weird, but all in yeah. all, it was good. <laughs> um, I think they try to be too, uh, I'm, trying, nah, I'm not going to say it. Um, it's hard that they're going to pick it up for season two, so which is pretty cool. I think at least I think I heard that. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I saw season two is ordered. So hopefully they can get like, you know, a little of the corny jokes out of the way and you know, become a good, I guess, a much better show. I haven't seen it yet, but I just finished Klosterman, Chuck Klosterman's book on the 90s. So it'd be interesting um, to watch. I will say Red, Red is... Hopefully he, uh, I don't know. I don't want to ruin it for anybody. What? Uh, I was going to say something about Red, but I don't want to ruin it for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. I heard that Kurtwood Smith is back and the, yeah. and the, uh, the guy that plays Red and the, and Kitty, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. so every, everyone's back. pretty much, everyone's pretty much back and has made some type of came, cameo except for, uh, Obviously, well, Eric's sister is not going to show up because I think she passed away some time ago. And then uh, Kelso is in trouble with the law in real life. Right. So he's going through court cases for, for his uh, his crap. So he's not going to show up on it, probably. Yeah. Cool. I'll check it out. <laughs> All right, so that's the good, the bad, and the ugly for this week. All right, here's the topic we've been waiting for a couple of weeks to get to. Ryan, I'm going to turn it over to you. All right. So there's a background to this. Um, a couple of weeks ago, so sometimes we'll text around, right? And we say, well, all right, what's the topic? And we got a couple that are floating around in the tank. And, well, maybe we do this then, and maybe we do that then. And Super Bowl seemed top topical uh, last week. This is coming up this weekend. And uh, so we were talking about that. And obviously, if you uh, saw our last episode, uh, why the Super Bowl sucks, we went a little long on that. Apparently, some of us tried to be more positive than others. If you skipped it, you can go back and listen to why we went long. But long story short, right, is that we uh, 
is that we ended up skipping this topic and we've been thinking on it for a couple of weeks. And I actually think it's kind of funny that Dustin is not here to talk about this topic because Dustin is the one I think that cares the most about money. And I'm putting cares the most about money in air quotes because I don't actually know that. But we've joked in the past that he's going to do his piggy bank pod and <laughs> talk about how you can save pennies. And that's probably why he has a quarter nearby that he can flip all the time to do the point. <laughs> yeah. So I find it humorous that Dustin's not on for us to discuss this, but I hope if you're listening to this, I hope you are feeling better, Dustin. So where this came from is this idea of if money didn't matter. Um, there's a song by Granger Smith. Uh, Granger Smith's a country uh, singer, songwriter. He's an artist. Uh, it's off of his Dirt Rope Driveway album. Uh, Granger Smith is 43. Uh, he's from Texas. Um, they have one daughter and three kids say, Ryan, why do I care? Well, he has three sons now because in June, 2019, he actually lost his youngest son river in a drowning accident, which is very weird because his son's name was river and obviously very tragic. And he actually wrote this song in 2013, um, before that happened. And then since that happened, he lost that he lost his son at a very early age. It's unfortunately with tragedy sometimes allows you to do good things. And it's um, brought some of his people together. And before he plays this song in concert, often he'll stop to remind people that money isn't always the thing that matters in life. Sometimes it's time or relationships or other things. And he knows that from personal experience. So here's the song. That's not like going home at night, pulling in a dirt road driveway, falling in the arms of a girl I love. I know who I am, I'm a rich man every single day, because if money didn't matter, it wouldn't matter anyway. So we, uh, we took the idea, I guess, from there, but... It's also kind of a miserable and reckless thing because there's this whole mentality too. <laughs> if money didn't matter, what would you do? Right. So what would you do with your life? Where might you go? There's a couple of questions here. Um, would you feel the need to give back to others? So the thought process here could be two, two ways, right? I mean, if money doesn't matter, do you have to work? If you don't have to work and you could do something else with your life, would you, would you want to just be left alone? <laughs> Or would you want to go out and do stuff and see stuff and whatever? Would you uh, would you tell some certain people who may, <laughs> uh, without us getting in trouble, would you tell some certain people that they could kind of, you know, see their way out of your lives and AKA leave you alone? Or would you want to create something? Would you want to do something if you have more time? So um, I don't know, like we can start with the first question, I guess. Like what? what? Well, I, I do have a question. Is this coming from it as money doesn't matter for everybody or I'm just so rich money didn't matter for me because I have so much of it. It's interesting you asked that because I had notes right on this, just like brief stuff. So I think there's two ways to go about it and I'm not going to tell you guys which way to go about it. It's either the lottery winner is what I wrote down or the burning man. And the idea being the lottery winner, you're too rich that you don't care. And then burning man, where if you've ever been to burning man in the desert, the whole philosophy is you cannot use money. You have to trade and you have to rely on the goodness of other people and to either get what you need or to help other people. 
So you can trade ice for alcohol or whatever, or bread for soup for whatever, and, and everybody kind of gets by that way. Um, you could you can judge for yourself on what get by means, but <laughs> sometimes people trade stuff for <laughs> other stuff. <laughs> so um, you could go about it either way. You could do the lottery winner. You could do the Burning Man. I, but I think uh, I'm not sure that there's another way to go about it. Although I'd be curious if you guys have thoughts. So what would you do with your life or like where might you go or whatever? I'm going to go the lottery route, right? Because I don't like the whole idea of bartering and having to trade things with people. <clears throat> I'm going to go the lottery route. I've got, as they say, fuck you money, right? Okay. I would, uh, I probably would uh, still be podcasting because it isn't like this is bringing us any money now anyways, right? So <laughs> I'm not dependent upon this for money. I would still be podcasting. I would just have more resources to put into growing it, advertising for it, to make it bigger and to where maybe it would be uh, a revenue generator itself. Um, now, in terms of my day-to-day life, it definitely, I would, I would live at the beach, you know, have a golf cart to ride around on, which is my retirement plan anyways, but I just would do it a lot younger. And then, you know, I'd be able to go to the sports games I want to, which most of the time is just um, NC State games at home and then uh, travel to the road games I want. But at the same time, like I would want to like donate money and, and like kind of like use that money to try to help others in a, in a way, too, because there, there is something to be said for, you know, the people that are not just doing it for tax breaks, but they, do, they, they actually are or like want to use their money to help, uh, uh, I guess, improve other people's lives. Um, so I, I would like to, I don't know if that the right way would go about it would be like starting a foundation, but I think of like, you know, you, you guys have talked about him on here, like Tim Tebow, obviously the guy has money, but he does a lot of good work anyways. Um, it, like, I think that he would be like a good model uh, for that. So that would be something that would definitely is, would be on the table for me. I, but I, I do say that like my, my main occupation would be, sitting at the beach podcasting, you know, I'd have more time to play, play guitar. Cause I wouldn't have to go into an office and work a nine to five. Um, but I still would be working. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be like just chilling out, relaxing all day, play a little more golf than I do now, but I, um, I still would have like a job. It's just, I'd be working for myself rather than working for the man. So you'd be a combination of Kenny Chesney and Marlon's band. Yeah, I bet that's a with a splash of Tim Tebow to, to boot. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. go. Kenny Chesney, uh, Marlins man with a little bit of Tim Tebow mixed in. <laughs> Kenny Chesney lives at the beach, but he tours like a maniac in the summer because he needs. He, he's told everyone he needs to work. And then Marlins man, if you don't know, is the guy that sits in the orange Marlins jersey at, at like every sporting event with the glasses on and the beard because uh, he's loaded, I guess. Um, so yeah, uh, Morgan, lottery winner, Burning Man, either either one, if you wanted to, what would you? I'm I'm, I'm with I'm with Logan. I'm not I'm not the bartering type, so uh, <laughs> definitely be a, a lottery winner. Ugh. but um, I don't know if, if this was the you know, fuck me money, like as Logan said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all my immediate family, all their debt would be paid off. Um, 
distant relatives. I, I didn't know you when I didn't have it, so don't try and get to know me after I have it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, definitely, I would definitely have some charities uh, I would like to donate to, but other than that, travel. Just travel, man. First place I'd go would be Bora Bora. A little hut over the water. And then I'd come back and uh, I'd probably fix up the entire lot where my uh, dad's cabin is at. And I would work I would work remote from there. What do you think? What do you think you'd do? You'd just work on the cabin? I'd probably work on the cabin. I'd, I'd work part-time for this company here for the health insurance. And... Uh, Podcast. Nice. Are you are you taking the family to Bora Bora? Or are you just? <laughs> I'm taking Crystal. Grandma can have some some fun time with the grandkids. <laughs> I figured that might be the answer. <laughs> I'm not going to take a three year old. Hey, kids! <laughs> it's a long flight. <laughs> or a couple of long flights. That's a very long trip. Yeah, fl- flights is the correct term there. There is no nonstop to Bora Bora because we actually looked at that for our honeymoon. Wow. Um, we, well, I knew it was going to cost an arm and leg, but I was just still want, I wanted to see the total number still in front of me. So I, I travel agent to look at everything and just tell me the, the total number. <laughs> I was like, eh, it, it wasn't as bad. Um, as it was it, for the amount for what you were getting, you're gonna get you know seven days all inclusive, you know, food, liquor, everything. It just the flights there because you're losing, you're essentially using almost two days of traveling one way. You fly one way, then you hop on puddle jumpers for the rest of the way, and you kind of stay overnight on one island before you puddle jump one last time to get to Bora Bora. And uh, I looked at Chris, I was like, this would be fun, but you you literally, to do that kind of trip, you need about almost two weeks for traveling. And because um, when you get there, you don't want to spend just four days, four or five days. Yeah, I can only imagine the trip home. Once you know, like, you know, you have to leave. And then you don't, you know, it's not a six hour flight. It's like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. I think I looked somewhere between 24 and 28 hours traveling, flying one way. Jeez. And that, but that, that all included all of your stops. Like whether, like, I think one stop had it at like, um, overnight, like you got to uh, the one Island and you stayed at a hotel there on that Island for one night. And then you got back on an airplane and continued. I forget the name. I'll think of it once we're done podcasting. I forget the name of the island in the middle of the uh, ocean. That it's always when you see with the huts out over the water and stuff like that. But, that's Bora Bora. Is it? Do you know that the name? That Bora, Bora Bora and the Maldives both have oh. huts over the water. Well, that's, I take yeah. that. I, t- I take that back because there are these other Caribbean islands who are starting to incorporate the huts over the water because not everyone can. Spend the money and the time flying to the Bora Bora and the Maldives. The uh, 
I know to get to one place in the Maldives, the last stop is a boat. So <laughs> they literally take you by boat over open water, which is kind of fun and kind of like adventurous, depending on your thoughts on water and yeah. open water, but uh and and little boats in open water. But like it's like it's like a two-hour trip on a boat. So like you're chatting with people and in broken English or in their language for like two hours while the boat's bump, bump, bumping with you and your luggage. So I hope you didn't bring too much, which by the way, the people that travel to Bora Bora or to the Maldives probably have a little bit too much luggage. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, sure. The funny thing would have been like, if me and Crystal had gone, we would have both had like maybe a book bag at most of just like very few clothing. And we would have seen, like you said, we would probably looked at other people who had like probably 10 damn, you know, Giovanni Armani whatever <laughs> baton suitcases and they look at us just board shorts and t-shirts for like a swiftly a, a handbag and a book bag <laughs> like are you coming here to work like, no i'm traveling where's the rest of your luggage at i don't fucking need it <laughs> which which we travel have, block we, you we have we have 10 we have 10 outfits for every day like that's your problem not mine <laughs> But um, yeah. What was I going to say? Another thing about the Maldives is you might want to, before you decide to ever go to that island, you might want to take a look on the map at exactly where it is positioned, because it's not exactly. And they have rules for what women can wear, also in, in that territory. Yes, they do. There's some other things that they rule. Like people think they can go to the Maldives for vacation and wear string bikinis. I hate to break it to you, but that's where their laws. Your ass can get locked up for wearing that shit. Like, we're talking like you know, and this. Yeah, I, me and Chris looked at it like that's a little too, like the, the way it was located. You know, where it's located and on the on the map, like you know, it's just a little too close to uh, certain countries who are not friendly with America. So. If you had F, F me money, as you call it, you would go to Bora Bora. <laughs> That's the furthest I would go, yes. Bora Bora, yeah. I'd definitely go back to Bermuda. I'd probably make Bermuda like a yearly trip. Notch. I would go with you on one of those yearly trips because I haven't been yet. And all you guys have done since you got back is talk about it and make me jealous. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing I would do is I would probably I would go – because I consistently on lunch breaks, I go on eBay and just look at old random concert posters from like the last 30 years. You see price tag 9,000, 10,000 because they're signed and authentic, like uh, original concert posters. I'd go on there and just buy every single thing I could buy. Nice. Hell yeah. And have just like one big work, like shed, like pool table and big TVs. And I would have those all over the walls. What do you think would be the Holy Grail poster for you? Or like maybe like one or two, maybe. Um, Signed or otherwise. You got to let me think about that one. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I'll have an answer for you here momentarily. I got to think about that one for a second. While Morgan's thinking about that, I'll I'll, uh, interject with a quick story to give him a little time i did like the what the party said where he was because it's something i've talked to my mom about 
you know, in the uh, those hypotheticals, if I won the lottery about, you know, making sure your family's taken care of, because I, I agree on that, like your family that you're really close to, I, w- I would do the same thing. And I've even proposed a uh, secondary plan of sorts that if I didn't win quite fuck you money, right, but I won a decent amount of money, what I could do, and I, I've told my brothers about this, um, I would make sure that uh, we had the right people helping us. But um, if it was, if I wasn't just so rich that I just didn't have to work and they didn't have to work that I would open up a brewery, try to like start a brewery. My younger brother who is an engineer could, has the mind to, to like learn about the brewing process. My older brother who is the money guy can do the business side of it. I work in marketing, do the advertising. And I've always said that I would name the brewing company DeBeerco, a mix of D-Berry beer and company. It would be DeBeerco. And then I would name all the, the craft beers in there after things like some of my favorite songs. Like I've always said a killer IPA name would be a turnpike song called Good Lord Lori. Uh, that's just something that I was, would be like a secondary. I'm not quite super rich, but I have enough money for us to not have to work for the man, as I, I said earlier. So. Who's going to brew your beer? You have the business, you have the marketing, you have the engineer. <laughs> so that's why I said I'd get the people that could like, oh, okay. teach, <laughs> teach my brother about the brewing process. Okay. Yeah. I, missed that part. I, got yeah. up, I got caught up in your, I, I got caught up in the marketing, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Morgan, if you think of something uh, related to the posters, jump in. I can give you one that I would have, even though I wasn't a huge fan of the band. Which no, is, no, I, I, go ahead. Which is Nirvana. Because if you yeah. could have a Kurt Cobain signed anything, that's probably... Oh, I would definitely own one of his uh, his left-handed guitars autographed. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You and Rick Hendrick. <laughs> no, no shit. Um, two posters that come to mind. There's a... Uh, and you can find them. One you can find, and but I would want the one that's autographed. It's Red Hot Chili Peppers, Nirvana, and Pearl Jam all played in a a show back when um, both Nirvana and Pearl Jam were just becoming big. So that would be an awesome poster. And then, of course, the one I can't find still is the uh, Halloween show that Pearl Jam played at the Spectrum in Philadelphia which was also the last show, the last night Spectrum ever held a concert. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. Like, you can't find it. You can't find it. You see, you can find pictures of it, but finding one to buy. And then um, one other musical um, piece I would love autographed would be uh, Keith Moon Drumsticks. It's cool, or just keep any. I would think anything Keith Moon, right? Bass okay. drum, or... drumsticks is kind of sweet. You can put those oh, yeah. on anywhere. Oh yeah. Anybody that doesn't know about Keith Moon, do a Google on Keith Moon. That's a that's a hell of an interesting dude. You talk about top top three drummers of all time: John Bonham, Keith Moon, and uh, Neil Peart. Okay. You go outside of that, you know, uh, Dave Grohl and 
Okay. I was going to say. <laughs> but. Yeah, Dave was going to have words with Neil. <laughs> there's a there's a Mount Rushmore for a reason, right? It's probably because they can't decide between three and four. <laughs> uh, all right. That's sweet. I like that. The left-handed guitar is pretty sweet. Uh, if you go, well, it's the museums, I guess, until you buy it. But if you go to the museum in Seattle, I forget what it's called, but it's it's the museum in downtown Seattle that's right next to the Bovershoot Festival that they have every year. I think it's like, I think it's related to Microsoft because um, what it's in Seattle, but uh, it's like an arts museum and they have the sweater that Kurt Cobain was wearing at the Unplugged um, concert. Was that 93? Yeah, the cart, the cardigan or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They got a bunch of stuff. They got like Jimmy, some stuff from Jimi Hendrix. They have that. I, they have the headband that he wore when he did acid at Woodstock. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, you would slit, slit his forehead and then put acid in the uh, the headband and tighten it up around his forehead. Regardless of the acid, it's Jimi Hendrix's headband from, Woods, from Woodstock. So even without the cool acid story in there, it's kind of like, whoa, really? I, yeah. That thing, that thing is seen to like it since you would get into your bloodstream 10,000 times faster. And, uh, yeah. All right. I it's cool to hear you guys' takes on this. Um because from a lottery perspective, what I put if money doesn't matter for me, if I won the lottery, I was thinking about it in two ways, the lottery way and the burning man way. I don't mind thinking about it in the burning man way, but let's do the lottery one first. Um to me, they they uh, the Burning Man way and the um, the lottery tie together, but um, and I found that interesting. I, I didn't necessarily expect that. Um, if I had, if I won the lottery, if I had enough money that I was good, then the first thing I wrote down is that in theory that would allow me to focus on what matters to me, like my family or my mental health or my physical health or whatever, because if you have enough money then to me if money doesn't matter just cutting right to the point if money doesn't matter then time would start to matter to me because i money having all the money in the world actually wouldn't mean a whole lot like going to Bora Bora wouldn't mean anything if i knew i had a month to live i mean it, it's still cool it's a great it's a much better experience than being in annapolis or raleigh but like the time aspect would matter to me, to me. and I, I I didn't like think deeply on it. But I thought to myself like, okay, so if 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 money is quote achieved, like if that level's beaten or unlocked or whatever, right? So then like the next thing up becomes time, and I found it interesting that like my brain immediately went there. It wasn't like oh I I would buy this or I would buy that. My brain immediately went to like how do I extend my time, and so it turns into like. Okay, well, now I need to buy things that like I would want to buy good food or like like for like physical health or like I would I would try and go to the gym or like I wouldn't have to go to a job. So therefore, it's my fault if I don't go to the gym. It's not like my fault for you know what I mean? Like it's my fault for being tired at the end of a day, too. And there's excuses and stuff like that. But I can go when I want because it's conceivably my day. Right. So like 
if you find a way to do something that you like, whether maybe it's hiking or surfing or whatever, but if your money doesn't matter, then you could be active or you could do whatever it is you like to do as in like me looking in the mirror and, and keep physically healthy and you could eat good food. You don't have to eat poorly. I mean, not to go all societal on you, but like we all know that people don't always eat great when they don't have a lot of money. Right. So like you could eat better and then I could focus on other stuff that's like helpful to like your mental health. So like being around like friends, like it as it or family, like if money doesn't matter to me and I don't have a job, then like, I understand other people may have a job and like, they may have things they can do, but like I can go to a hotel. Right. So I'm not in their hair and I can be there for 10 days. And so like, we could have a couple dinners on me or whatever, and then they can go about their life and they can go about their job or do whatever. Cause I don't need to be making them feel bad or whatever, but at the same time, cause you need good, right. It's like, Oh, well, I need to take days off because you're here. It's like, no, just go do go do your thing, right? But I could still be around and I could still hang out with them and grow those relationships, whether it's with family or my nieces or whatever. But I wouldn't necessarily have to be a burden on other people. They don't have to cook. They don't have to clean up after me, right? So there's that thought process. And then the only other thing that I had in there was um, uh, with, with family and friends was, was charity, work, or service. So it's interesting to hear you guys say that. Um, to use the Tim Tebow example, if I didn't actually have to work like for a living to like keep a roof over my wife's head, and I'd also, uh, I'm just gonna put this out there to also compete with my wife because my wife does consider it better than I do, and it really annoys me because I'm a very competitive person. <laughs> so like, I would not be able to like go be a bartender right now. I would love to be a bartender right now, and I really enjoyed that gig in my past, but like I can't do that with like my like wife being like awesome at what she does and like being really great for her company. <laughs> I just can't, I just, I don't know. It's me. It's a me thing. It's not a her thing. I just, I, I'm too competitive. So like if I didn't have to do that, so to speak, and I hope you get that I'm saying that with tongue in cheek. Um, I, uh, I would want to do like the team Tebow thing. And the reason why I say that is because if you have enough money and you have a roof over your head, then my, if I, if I'm not focusing on, on myself or my family or friends, then the next thing I would focus on is like, okay, how do I help other boats kind of get raised up in the tide, so to speak? And if that means the third world, well, that's fine. I'll get on a plane. I'll go do like, I like doing stuff. I don't like sitting around. And so like, I would, I would be the kind of guy that goes over there and says like, you know, you meet three people or whatever and you go like, oh, they need help. Like they need, this is all it takes. I'm like a fix it guy. Right. So I'd be like, okay, well let's get the tools and let's get the people and we can be smart about it. We can be efficient about it. We can, we can use our money in a good way, but like, let's get this problem solved. And maybe I'm not providing water to the entire world. That's clean by the end of my go of it. But I, I you know, if I helped out, you know, 90 villages or whatever the appropriate hypothetical amount of people is with my hypothetical amount of money, then at least I helped out those people before I passed. And so when you're talking about like legacy, whether it's giving a library to a campus, I don't need my name on the building, but like if I'm leaving books behind and people learn, I don't know what the benefit of that is, but that's cool. Or if I'm helping people get clean water, I don't know how much time that saves for them or how they can now go to school or what that means for their village or, or just donating to the um, Raleigh, uh, what's it called? The, the food bank. 
right? Like, I don't know how much that helps people or, or what that does, or but if you can go do some sort of charity work or service, hey, it gives me something to do, which I absolutely positively need something to do. Um, in case you can't tell, I already talk too much. So like, I need something to do with my life. Otherwise, I'll sit around and drive myself crazy. And B, if I can do something that's either helpful to my friends and family, or I can do something that's helpful to other people, it means I don't have to hold down a job. So I would definitely get back to others. I would definitely want to do something. I would definitely, I don't travel. I, I have been a lot of places. However, it'd be cool to go see natural parks or national parks and stuff like that. I think that that would be really beautiful because again you're uh you're seeing something that seems to me to me at least um a little bit bigger than than uh something mankind has built i'm just gonna leave it at that like nature is pretty cool just in and of itself like to think that like a mountain is a mountain i know it sounds very dumb and like i've been smoking weed <laughs> <laughs> but like you go look at the grand canyon it's pretty damn cool or you go look at like a mountain or you go look at like Yosemite or something like that or things out of this country and you see like Niagara Falls or any, I don't know, anywhere else. Right. Like to me, like the Grand Canyon or Niagara Falls, not because they're in America, but they're they're cooler to me than the Great Wall of China because the Great Wall of China was like built by people. The pyramids are cool and stuff like that. But like the Niagara Falls is like, I don't know, it just is, is created depending on how you look at it. Right. So like regardless, it's it's there. And it was created, and that seems pretty cool to me. So maybe that's what I would go travel and see. Yeah, that would be cool. Because um, like you said, just like the what, – what is the, the – it's a mix of things like that and the, um, and the man-made stuff, like the eight great wonders of the world. I always thought it would be cool to be able to see those things. I mean, I can remember the first time I flew across the Pacific Ocean, and I was freaking out. Cause I was looking down and I was like, this is a lot of water. And just the idea of like an ocean can be like that big that you're on an airplane going that far yeah. that fast, and it's eight hours of water. You realize how infinitely staying on the seashore, you'll feel small, but like go, you know, Oh yeah. <laughs> you even kind of like feel like that a little bit when you go deep sea fishing and you go out far enough to where you can't see anything but water around you. Like I did that one time and it was a lot of fun, but it's like, it was a weird feeling looking around and you can't see anything but ocean. So here's, here's a question I'll ask you guys. Cause I know you didn't, you're not, I didn't, I didn't explain it the right way when I was talking about burning man with the whole bartering thing. Uh, so if money didn't matter in a societal sense and that you didn't have to barter, it just stuff didn't cost money. It cost your time, like your time to walk or to drive to the grocery store or whatever. Right. I guess then my question, I, I don't know if you guys would think about it differently. Do you think, and here's where I started to think about this. Do you think that it would be like, you wouldn't have to work for a job, right? Cause you wouldn't necessarily need the money or energy was free or healthcare was free or however you want to look at it. Do you think that we would feel like things were as exclusive if we didn't pay money for them? So like you go into a game, right? Like whatever, home plate seats, it was just first come, first serve. No, I, I actually think that it would devalue the experience. And the reason is, is the same, 
point that Jason Isbell was getting with this song, If We Were Vampires, that the that in a lot of ways, death itself is a gift. Because if we were vampires and we live forever, you, your relationships, your friendships, the, you know, your, 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 your pets you have, there's a finite amount of time and the realization that it's not forever makes you cherish it and enjoy it. And you kind of like stop and smell the roses to sound cliche. If everything was free and we didn't have to actually work for anything other than we just showed up. I don't think that it would have it would lack some luster about how cool it would be to be able to do something because it, it, it's like if you put it, it was the Michael Scott thing. Say it like I'm five. If you give a five year old ice cream like every single meal, ice cream doesn't mean anything anymore. You know what I mean? So I, I really do think that the fact that we have to work towards getting something, whether it's like money or work towards a goal or just like I said, with the Jason Isbo example. The fact that we have a finite amount of time here on this earth with the people that, you know, we care about, I think that's actually what gives it value. Morgan, do you have any, do you think it would be as exclusive or do you think it would, it would, do you think you would value things as much that you paid a lot of, you would have paid a lot of money for in the past, like a new car or something like that? Or do you think you would value, I think you get what I'm saying. Mm. Um. like the Kurt Cobain guitar is still cool regardless of how much money you pay for it like if somebody gave it to you I'd be just as pumped to have it I mean it's God, answer that. Um. it would be but the difference is in a society where there, where everything is free and you can just get it, you can just get it. You know what I mean? The reason, even if, say, somebody gave you the Kurt Cobain guitar, it has value because it would be otherwise something you thought was unattainable. So you cherish it. Whereas yeah. if everything is just accessible, then it doesn't have value. That Yeah, that's exactly. You just you answered that for me. Thank you. I was trying to think of the best way to work, and I couldn't. <laughs> um. Isn't it fascinating how much like money like plays in? It's like in your subconscious without even realizing it. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I'm not like I'm not anti that, but like the more I was like thinking about it this week, I was up on the elliptical and I was like, "All right, we're actually going to do this topic this week. I should probably like think about it." And I, the more I started thinking about it, the more I was like, "I don't, I don't know that I would be able to like I, I, life would be like weird." <laughs> Like it would be like a super, super weird experience that I'm not sure. Like you were, you're talking about death. Like I lost a pet recently. And he was awesome. I loved him dearly, but like, I, I don't know. It would be odd. It would be, it would also be odd if like your kids, I don't have kids. Okay. For the record, but it would be odd if your kids or your parents, like, were around forever like my brother talks all the time about how he thinks all the time about this like to the point where i'm like dude like you, you like i'm not a dad so i can't tell you what to do but like maybe like think in a different way <laughs> he says stuff about his daughters where he's like well she's you know however many years old so i've only got a third of of the time left with her and i'm like you cannot think that way like they don't just like, leave the house i'm, I'm dude i'm totally guilty of being that way my dog's nine 
And I know that the average life expectancy for a Jack Russell and, and a Beagle is like 12 to 15 years, and she's a mix of both. And I sit there, and I'm just like – I'll sometimes be sitting there late at night, and I'm just, I'll look at her, and I'll be like, how did I get to this point where she's nine? Because I got her when I was 20. I'm like – and if she lived just the average life, uh, average life expectancy, that's only three to six more years. Like I, I do this, I go down that same rabbit hole. So I, I get it. I like I it, it makes, it makes me like feel kind of sad. And like, she's sitting right beside me. <laughs> but I bet you get out of bed or I bet you like get out of your chair, or, like hug her close or whatever. Probably. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's uh, one of those dogs that has to be touching you. So whether it's I'm sitting on the couch right now with her leaned right against beside me or when I sleep, she's she like sleeps right beside me. She's a very needy dog. <laughs> I don't necessarily know where I was going with that, but I was just thinking like I you got me thinking with the whole like things being finite. I'll say it that way. Things are finite. Yeah. Whether it's whether it's an amount of time you have with your kids before they go away to school and obviously they come back and they can live there and whatever. And, some kids never leave. They just stay with their parents <laughs> in their basements. But um, no, I just, I, it's, yeah. I mean, there's obviously a look, we're all finite, right? What's that line? <laughs> I hate to break this to you, but <laughs> everybody has an expiration date at some point. All right. So then the last question I would ask would be this. So if money didn't matter, what do you, what do you guys think would be most valuable to you? So would it be, and you can say multiple things because it's not going to be that kind of craziness. But like, you, it, would it be relationships, experiences, time, health? Health could potentially be time, but it'd be hard to have time without health, right? But would it be time? Would it be experiences, relationships? I think it would be. It wouldn't be experiences because <clears throat> I could experience anything I pretty much wanted to at that point. It would be relationships and it's a mix of relationships and time because it's the, the relationships I have and the time that I get to have because even if you're really rich or even if you didn't have to pay for anything you're still going to die at some point and the people around you are still going to die at some point so I think that you remove the inability to be able to go to the world series to go to the super bowl um you know I can do that at any point but you know my my parents may not be here in 50 years for me to be able to go with them you know, I could still probably go. So like the Super Bowl means less in the in that respect, whereas like this, it still means less. You know what I mean? Than your parents do. But it's it's like the Super Bowl doesn't mean as much. So it's like if you have no worries about having to I think about the Cody Johnson song, right? Tell you can't. And the first uh, part of the song is like when your old man asks you to go fishing, you could lay a rain check in his hand till you can't. And, you know, that, I think that if you, you have no barriers to being able to go do things and experience stuff, that, that means less to you than it even does to us now. So it would be the relationships with your loved ones that would probably take precedence over what means more because they, there still is that, you know, expiration date. Morgan? I would definitely be um, relationships and uh, time. Definitely would be if money if if I had it all the time I I would just read a lot and spend as much time with uh, with my family. I like that answer, and you got a solid cabin to do it in if you wanted to for reading. <laughs> um. Well, mine definitely would not be money, and I'm struggling with money 
not being something I care about now. It's not easy for me. Um, I would value, I think, relationships because here's why I have some semblance of control, some, at least you would think 50-50, right, over how the relationship goes. Um, I cannot control time. So I would rather, and we already, you, you guys killed it on the experiences thing. I mean, the experiences thing. So, uh, well, let me do the experiences thing first. So Ray Thompson talks in his book, Happy Land, about how bourbon's a vehicle for something. That like, it's a vehicle to a conversation. It's a vehicle to a relationship. Like the bourbon itself isn't the thing. It's the conversation. It's the stories. It's the, it's the memories when you pop the cork. It's especially if you brew your own, like the the guy that makes his own. The book is about Julian Van Winkle, who makes his own Happy Van Winkle. So when he pops a cork of bourbon, it's a story, and it's this, and it's that, and it's a v. But it's a v, the bourbon itself is a vehicle to these things, but it's also a vehicle to his memories because he made it. So when he pops it, right, then it's I I remember the summer of 1986 or whatever when the bourbon's from, right, and then he can tell the stories and right. It's the same thing with the Super Bowl when you're talking about like Super Bowl is cool, but if you're going with your parents, the Super Bowl isn't the thing. The Super Bowl is the vehicle to the experience with your parents. Bora Bora is the vehicle to having memories with your wife it, or memories of a boat ride or whatever, right? So the experiences to me have always been the vehicle. And I know people tell you to collect experiences, not things. And I wonder if that's not great advice because they're just telling you to collect something else, not thinking about, and you're just checking things off the old bucket list, so to speak. You're not thinking of them as vehicles to do things with somebody. So there's the lyric in the Granger Smith song that we played. He says, see the places I haven't yet, but if you weren't with me, dot, dot, dot. And then he never finishes the line. He just goes into the chorus. So I've seen a lot of places and we've discussed this at I had nauseam in the past, but it always hasn't, it's usually been alone because of work. It always hasn't been with my wife. So there's a lot of things that I've seen or done. Or, so the experiences doesn't hold value for me. Whereas the thing that would be most valuable for me, I, I can't control time. So I would like to fill my time with good relationships, whether it's with my wife, with my family, with my nieces and nephew, with my friends. Um, so to me, that's where like the value kind of matters for me. And so that's, I guess that's what I would value the most. So I don't know. I just, I thought it was an interesting topic. And if you uh, have ever been in a line of service where people pass away, whether it's in the military or a nurse or whatever. I think it's always interesting that they, you know, they always have some macabre question that they ask these people, right? And it's always like, what do people on their deathbed think? Or what do they try and whisper to you amid all the distractions of life and everything else that they want you to listen to? And they never talk about their, uh, they never talk about how much money they have. Like my grandmother, when she passed, when she was in a live, assisted living home, uh, she didn't talk about how much money she had left in her account and that she was really upset that she was wasting the uh, nest egg that she was going to, you know, die with. Uh, she didn't, she didn't die with a whole lot, but she also wasn't super concerned about the money she was leaving. She was more concerned about the experience that she was having and, and, the, and quite frankly, uh, the people that she wasn't able to go see in the nursing home because those were the relationships she needed. So I don't know. Hopefully I wasn't 
superbly heavy. But <laughs> I don't know how you cover a topic like that without it being somewhat heavy. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's inevitably going to get a little heavy at some point. But uh, <laughs> but uh, we'd love to hear from you on what you the listener, you America, would do if money didn't matter. And you can do that by clicking on the link in the description on wherever this podcast is available. You click that link, it takes you to speakpipe.com slash cold cans. Click the button, record. Tell us what you would do if money didn't matter. Send us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we, we may even play a few here on the show. Uh, so you can do that. It says click here to leave a voicemail in the description of this podcast. All right. So let's close things out with a uh, little bless your heart. All right. So similar to the uh, topic that we were talking about just now, um, we also had this bless your heart saved for a while because the two of them kind of went hand in hand. <laughs> um, when you only have three people on the podcast, I'm sorry, America, but um, this is my bless your heart. So you're also going to have to hear me read the bless your heart too. <laughs> so if you don't like my voice, you probably didn't make it this far anyways. But uh, my bless your heart for this week is uh, actually discovered this. While watching somebody feed Phil um, on Netflix. Thanks, Dustin, for your password. Appreciate your Netflix password, buddy. <laughs> Dustin and I have an agreement. Uh, Melissa makes banana bread for Dustin every time she sees him, and he allows us to have his Netflix password. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now that that's out on the internet, that'll probably stop. Um, <laughs> Net Netflix is actually trying to stop uh, password sharing, so. And I figured either they were going to stop paying for Netflix at some point, and then we'd find out the hard way. <laughs> or uh, like 15 <laughs> days after they stopped paying for it, we're just like, uh, hey, did you change your password? And they're like, no, we stopped paying for that three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> or Morgan. Or it was going to be the situation where all of a sudden we were going to get kicked out. All the more reason why if you are on somebody's borrowed password, you should go watch the show Somebody Feed Phil. And if you watch the Nashville edition, you will see my bless your heart in action. That's where I learned this from. Uh, this went in after I was in Nashville. So uh, this is a new thing for me. If I go back, I'd love to go back to the city with my wife. Um, she's never been. I feel like I spent two years straight there. So that's one of those things where I'm traveling and get a chance to take her later. But um, the name of the place is called The Store. It's in Nashville. If you're familiar with Nashville or if you've been, it's in the 12 South area of Nashville, which is kind of a uppity uh, shopping and arts and um, cultural cool area. Um, a lot of really cool houses, craftsman homes and stuff like that. It's a very nice area if you go. Um, but it's in this nice area on the edge of town. And uh, basically their mission, all right, is uh, Brad Paisley and his wife, Kimberly, um, they went to a store in California. Uh, I don't have here where it was, but it was somewhere in California. They took their boys to this place called the Unity Shop. Um, and the whole point of the Unity Shop was to teach their boys about serving others and giving back to people in need. Obviously, if you're the sons of uh, Brad Paisley, you probably are born with more than, more than what you need. <laughs> so uh, they are trying to raise their boys and teach them this. Um, they came, it says, and I quote, we came away surprised by what the organization had taught us. Most people do not want handouts. They want dignity and respect. Most people want to become self-sufficient. So most people do not want to, end of quote. So most people do not want to stay in the charity situation. They want to be able to uh, build themselves out and, and 
be self-sufficient on their own. Um, so what the Unity Shop in California did is it empowers people, uh, including the volunteers that work there, right? Um, so they're a nonprofit that takes in food and it's a grocery store. So you can go in and if money didn't matter, right? You don't have any money. So, or maybe you don't have a lot of money and you can go in and you can supplement what you need at this grocery store um, in California. Well, uh, Brad Paisley lives in Nashville. He came back, he immediately tried to begin working on building this place called The Store, which as I mentioned, is in the 12 South area of Nashville. Um, they do the exact same thing. So they're a nonprofit that takes food and it is a really nice looking grocery store uh, for what, not that looks matter, but I mean, they have, it is a, it, this is no goodwill. It is a, it is equivalent to any other grocery store you've seen. And that's the part of the point is, is that you go in there and it's, 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 it's dignity. It's not a handout. Um, you have to be referred. So they do ask that you go through the partner agencies and stuff that they work with. And I went to the website because I was curious before I did this. And it is, I'm not going to say it is easy, but you could click your way. If you have the internet, which I understand is, a, it can be, you can get to it on a smartphone is what I'm saying. But if you, you could also get to it on a computer if you were so inclined. Um, so they do make it available, at least on a mobile phone for people who may not have access to the internet as much. And you can go in and you can get aligned with the partner agencies. They make it very clear who they work with and they make it very clear on how you can get aligned. And they make it very clear if they have people on waiting lists and things like that so that you're not left hanging, which is often sometimes what happens in those in those groups. So I think it's a cool experience. If, like I said, if you want to watch the cool experience is the wrong way. It's a cool charity that they're working with. They buy food at um, uh, deeply discounted prices. So they're not just relying on people to give them food or uh, um, people to give them money. Um, obviously the Paisleys do just, just fine for themselves. And so they are buying deeply discounted purchased food from the second harvest food bank and a lot of other different sources to help supplement the food that is also donated. If you feel so inclined or you want to check out the website, you can go to www.thestore.org. Very easy website. <laughs> uh, they have a better and easier website than our blog. I'm just going to say. It's very true. <laughs> <laughs> So they said their biggest financial need at, uh, is helping fund the operations of the store, right? So, like I say, obviously the Paisleys do okay, but the store itself can be a separate entity, right? And so if you want to help people, it's a volunteer thing, heavily volunteer. So if you want to help with operations, if you want to do donations, things like that, www.thestore.org. They also have Amazon wish lists. They do Amazon Smile. Um, and uh, I thought it was a cool idea, especially because we were talking about if money doesn't matter or it could be the other way, right? If money doesn't matter and money may not matter to you because you don't have any money. I mean, if you got five bucks and you can't pay the energy bill, I mean, it's five bucks, but you know, money doesn't matter in that way because your bills can't get paid. So if your bills can't get paid and you have a store like this who who goes out of their way to get out into the community and help. I think that that's worthy of a bless your heart and good for these guys for doing it. 100%. Now uh, I'll include that URL in the description as well. If you're inclined to, to check it out and see what you can do. Well, for this episode of miserable and reckless for Morgan and Ryan, I'm Logan. We'll see you next time.